And it might have been an issue now that you have hired someone that's of color. It might be an issue now where someone of color comes to you and says, hey, this is what happened in the company. I'm just feeling comfortable now to share it. This might come up where a woman says, I, I've realized that, you know, this has happened in the company. Can we address it? Or I recognize it's not enough women in leadership. Can you address it? So sometimes things happen that are different from the norm. And the question is, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to manage it? How are you going to address it? Are you looking for a community of like-minded individuals? Individuals that are trying to grow personally and professionally. Maybe you don't have a community like that. Maybe you want to look at your goals from a different perspective because you know there's more that you need to do in order for you to reach it. Maybe you want to learn how to become an industry leader or just become a better you. Well, we have the answer to that problem, the execution and growth community. We want you to be a part of it because I know what it's like when you don't have anybody around you that seems to connect with where you're trying to go. To learn more about it and join today, text the number 443-230-5587. Again, that number is 443-230-5587. And text execution and growth and get the details so you can join this exclusive community that's going to help you grow and become better in the next season that you're entering into personally and professionally. What's up guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire Presents the Act and Lead series. And on today's episode, I want us to focus on the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview. Now, I don't want to talk about the gossip or any drama, but what kind of leadership lessons can we learn from it? What kind of organizational management tools can we take from it? How can it help you as a leader, an entrepreneur, someone in a specific role learn how to pivot and make adjustments and change or even recognize if it's time to move on and do something different? So many nuggets so many things to learn from that interview. So we're going to discuss that today. So as always, get your notepads, your note-taking material, and let's get into this message. Speaking to Oprah, the Duchess of Sussex described a world that left her isolated and feeling trapped. I remember so often people within the firm would say, well, you can't do this because it'll look like that. You can't, so even, can I go and have lunch with my friends? No, 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 you're oversaturated, you're everywhere. And I said, I've left the house twice in four months. I'm everywhere, but I am nowhere. And from that standpoint, I continued to say to people, I know there's an obsession with how things look, but has anyone talked about how it feels? Because right now I could not feel lonelier. So that was a clip that you just heard from the Oprah and Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview. The beginning, it was solely Oprah, Megan, and then a transition to Prince Harry jumping in, adding his perspective and his experience. And this, again, this was something that a lot of people looked as, you know, a scandal. It was just gossip filled, but you are essentially talking about a family business and that idea of looking good on the outside, but not addressing the inside is something that a lot of leaders, companies, 
organizations are dealing with on a regular basis where you care more about what's happening on the outside or that has been such the focus that you are missing focusing on the needs of the people, the people that this, you know, the maybe the goals that you have that are so driven on the look, the look, the look. You're you're so focused on the outside that you're missing that people on the inside need more attention, need more care, need support, aren't getting their needs met. They're potentially stressed out. And I think that even with COVID, it has really taught us a lot about the understanding of stress management. Even the companies that go out and support, they're looking to have more conversations about how to help their team members become more resilient because they're starting to recognize that there is a need for us as leaders and a need for teams to start getting the tools that they need to navigate stressful moments, juggling multiple hats and navigating the stress that comes with the work, with the job. And we are now shifting from a time where, yes, it might have been keep your feelings separate from the from the workplace, but in reality, it does dictate like our upbringing, our what I call our worldview. A lot of that does affect how we show up in the workspace. It really does. So as much as we can say, hey, keep these things separate. If you're having a bad day of something happened at home or internally you're feeling a certain way, it can resonate and show up in these spaces as well. So, again, this firm, a.k.a. Fab Family Business had some kinks, right? This was a family aspect, but there was also a big business part that pretty much engulfed this this family structure. So, you know, you heard her refer to them as a, as the firm. And this might have been the first time you heard them say that term. It was a term that I wasn't even aware of. So this is a family business. They own and manage land and castles. Um, some of it's rented out. They support multiple charitable uh, ventures. Um, they play a very public role in the UK. And they draw on, you know, publicity. And, and again, publicity is needed and these uh, media outlets are needed, especially when you have a goal and you have a mission that you want to um, have out there. And also it's just a part of, you know, being in a being a public figure. But this business, again, this aspect of the the outside has now affected how the family shows up. And if you're thinking about Prince Harry, this was his lifestyle. This is what he grew up in. So for some people who are in companies and businesses, they have been so engulfed in a culture for so long that that's all they know. They This is how they function within it. But just imagine somebody new comes in. And this could be maybe a young manager, a young leader, a millennial, somebody that has a different perspective on life and the world. And they start to recognize, okay, something's off here. We, we need to pivot and start thinking more about the feelings. We need to start thinking about these other aspects of um, the, the we need to look at the internals a lot differently and stop focusing on so much on what's going on the outside. And this wasn't what they were used to. You have a lot of these individuals who have been, you know, again, you're talking about queens and kings and individuals who have been pretty much developed since they were young that this is how things are. And then this outsider, quote unquote, comes in and now shakes things up. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? Not realizing that leadership should be innovative. Things sometimes need to change 
especially when you're talking about, you know, race, culture, institutional bias, when you're talking about potentially creating something that is actually is a positive change. So if in the interview, there was a, there was a conversation about racism and the type of things that happen in Megan's perspective and um, just some things that she shared about in regards to um, birthing a son that was biracial and questions being asked and a different type of treatment and care that was going to happen when she birthed a son that was biracial. In addition to that, there were conversations about mental wellness. You know, Megan shared there was a point where she considered um, she had suicidal ideations and how she brought it up and aimed to get it addressed. But unfortunately, she had nowhere to get help. There was also the perspective where Harry was very honest and transparent and said, listen, I was pretty much trapped, meaning I was so used to the culture being this way that it was pretty much my wife and seeing what was happening that kind of snapped me out of this autopilot thinking out of my unconscious and started to realize like, whoa, there might be some broken things in here. You know, he specifically said I was trapped, but I didn't know I was trapped. He even mentioned my father and my brother, they are trapped. They don't get to leave. And I'm pretty sure he knows specifically what that means. But again, I'm tying this back to organizational culture of how a system or business, a company, your company might be created or a company that you're developing might be created. And just having that level of awareness of understanding how you need to make sure that you're mending and nurturing the internals of your company and your organization. Of course, this led to them now having this fractured relationship. Again, this is Harry's father. This is his brother. This is his side of the family. And now there has been a split because essentially Harry made a decision. Prince Harry decided, I am going to walk away with my wife, with my family, and we're going to go about this differently. And I think that's a big lesson in that for us to recognize that our team members will walk away from a company and an organization. Not all might, but there will be some that will walk away from a company or an organization if it's not meeting the needs of their family. Because we have to realize that as leaders, the environments that we're creating is not only affecting that individual when they walk in or they clock in and out, it also can trickle into their personal lives. They're showing up given their energy, their time to that organization, to that company. And unfortunately, most of the times when individuals leave a company and organization and they pour so much energy into it, they go home and those individuals are getting, their family members are getting the rations, what's left over from them pouring into your company, from them meeting your goals, from them living within this culture you have created. So we can tell, it's interesting how we can say, hey, leave your personal lives at the door. But then these individuals have to work the process of leaving their workplace, you know, out of their home. But sometimes companies will still call individuals at home. They'll text them. You know, now we're in a space with COVID. And yes, things are opening back up and people are starting to now pivot back into the workplace. But work and home go hand in hand. In my master's program, there was a term that came up where is instead of work-life balance, the term is work-life merge. 
And I was like, wow, what a powerful term. And even the individual we're working on, um, we're working in a class that's focused on research. And she said, this is a new term. I never heard of it before, but it's no longer a balance. It's a merge because they have merged. We're working in our homes. We're putting on these different hats. And it specifically talked about the different roles we were. We're having to put on mommy hat, daddy hat. Right after that, we're putting on this other hat. Maybe you have a business like myself. You've got to put the hat, that hat on and then pivot back to the workplace. And all, this, all these things have merged together and trying to find a balance and, you know, remove that <laughs> it is, is a lot of people are struggling and are looking forward to having that balance again where I can maybe just go to the workplace, clock out, leave it, and then I come back home and home is home now. So this idea of leaving that is really even hard for most individuals because you're having to face being at home while working every day. So although this, again, this might've been a bombshell interview, I really want you to start thinking internally, how is your company? How is the company that you're trying to build gonna look like? How can you ensure this doesn't happen? Because again, point A, there was a point A, hey, these two beautiful people came together, fell in love. They got married. Hey, you're in the family business. We're excited. She's adjusting. This is new for her. This is how Prince Harry's life is. And then between, so you're at point A and then between B, you know, to, to Y, it's like, whoa, what happened? And then Z is like the end. Like, okay, now I need to pivot out. But me, I always ask the question, what happened in the, in the middle part, what could have been addressed? And again, you see that, you know, uh, a, a, some bias that was involved within this firm, within this organizational culture. So there was institutional bias that came up. That again, sometimes, again, if, if an organization has been managed a certain way and now they're focused or there's something new comes around that they're not used to, a lot of times that's when our bias does uh, come up when you're actually faced with something different and you don't even realize that, oh man, I have a bias in this area. Oh man, I didn't even know that this was an issue. And it might've been an issue now that you have hired someone that's of color. It might be an issue now where someone of color comes to you and says, hey, this is what happened in the company. I'm just feeling comfortable now to share it. This might come up where a woman says, "Ah, I realized that you know, this has happened in the company. Can we address it? Or I recognize it's not enough women in leadership. Can you address it? So sometimes things happen that are different from the norm. And the question is, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to manage it? How are you going to address it? Because when these things come up, a few things can happen, which will determine and determine if that individual is going to feel safe and protected. We want to create companies and spaces where individuals feel safe. So are you creating a safe space for individuals to bring up their concerns, their issues that again might be new? You might've never had to face it. Maybe your organization did look one way or maybe it was ran one way at one point. But now when someone comes and says, hey, I'm dealing with mental health issues or there's an issue of institutional bias or racism or there's an issue with some level of conflict came up with these two departments, it needs to be addressed. How will you address it? Because in this case, the description is it came up, 
We aimed to address it, but it was about how we looked on the outside. So now that individual doesn't sit, feel safe. Now it's affecting their mental health. So even now I'm going to try to address the mental health thing. And again, this might be something the organization never has to deal with because maybe mental health care is something that the person can seek on the outside. But again, they're going into a space where they might not feel safe. And that is affecting their mental health every day. Maybe if they have conflict or issues, they start feeling uncomfortable to go and talk to their leader about it. And now conflict that could be brought to your attention for you to address is now not being discussed. And now these things are just piling up over time. And then again, it explodes or something happens and you're like, wait, this has been happening how long? But have you created a comfortable environment where people feel that they can share and discuss their concerns and issues? Because it is a reality. Workplace stress is a reality. It is happening and it's affecting a lot of people more than you think. There are billions of dollars that are poured into this area because a lot of people are navigating work-related stressors and it's not being addressed as it, as it should be. And there's a multitude of reasons why that's happening. So it's so important that we, again, have these conversations and we talk about it and we think about it. So if I want to study, share some studies about workplace stress and the things that people navigate, it, this, this comes from the American Institute of Stress and also from the Gallup, um, Gallup research. 80% of professionals feel stress on the job. Nearly half say they need help in learning how to manage stress. So they need the help. These are, again, individuals pushing your mission and vision. Can you offer that to them? 67% of leaders struggle with stress due to pressures they feel with their, within their profession. So even your leaders are stressed out. 25% have felt like screaming or shouting because of job stress. 69% says the coronavirus pandemic is the most stressful time of their professional career. The numbers of employees calling in sick because of stress tripled between 1996 to 2000. And there's no research, no research yet of how many people are calling in. But just imagine how higher that is, how much higher that is. 34% of people have reported difficulty sleeping because of stress, having to navigate the COVID pandemic, having to navigate just the regular hustle and bustle of the workplace. And now I can't even discuss the conflict that I have. There's bias. There's concerns. I can't go to my leader about it. So now it's, it becomes a productivity issue. Now it becomes an issue of retention potentially. Now it becomes an issue of trust. Now it becomes an issue of performance. Solely because nothing was addressed between this first point, point A, that this person came and now point Z where they've walked away. There were so many opportunities to address this issue. And there's even studies out there that discuss how most individuals wish their leader mentioned or said something to them that could have potentially kept that person in the seat. So there's so many lessons in this. There's so many. And I want to challenge you to start really thinking about what kind of environments are you creating? Are you adding to workplace stress? Yes, again, it's normal that let workplace stress is going to happen. 
These are some issues that are going to happen, period. However, are you adding to it? Or are you trying to create an environment where at least, okay, I know my team um, knows the resources they can um, utilize for them to address stress? I'm a master resiliency trainer in the Air Force. And one of the components of resiliency, I mean, no, one of the roles within that is going out and educating individuals and organizations of how to manage stress. And I love that they really made a big push of ensuring people were certified in this because they recognized it was a need because the suicide rate was going up high. And that is the reality. These organizations, these cultures, if we're not paying attention to it, it could be eating someone up inside and it could result to this. And even if it doesn't result to suicide, hopefully it doesn't, there's still so many other things that could be happening internally that could affect the person's health, productivity, their trust. And now again, if we even take take it to look at the extension, because we want to make sure, we want to make sure our team members have healthy family lives. Of course, that's beyond your control. But I don't want my team member to go home and bring on that additional stress that I added into the household. And of course, you don't have control over that. There's but so much we can control. But it's addressing the issue. Creating safe spaces for individuals. Providing the resources. Hey, does your HR department have resources that educates them and lets them know what kind of health care, how their health care can maybe pay for some therapy? You have some major companies that have stress-related massages and all these different things embedded in their financing, in their strategic planning, because they know their teams are going to deal with it. And of course, you might not be at that level, but how can you really make sure that you are creating these spaces? How can you really make sure that this is something that's a priority? So essentially, what we saw was an exit interview. An exit interview where somebody expressed the issues that they had at a company. But what if it was addressed sooner? An exit interview should not be the time where you find out all these major issues that could have been addressed sooner. So again, this could have been a space where the person doesn't feel comfortable because the environment... And yeah, sometimes people don't feel comfortable because historically they've ran into these issues in the past. That's something else. But what are you doing to create, again, that environment where people feel safe or they have brought it up and nothing happened? It was never addressed. So now they're silent. They're holding on to things. And employees are more likely to share their these experiences when they are separated versus while they're still there. Because, again, this is their livelihood. This is their, you know, this is what pays the bills. So they might be less likely to share their concerns, their issues. So at the exit interview, they share it. And sometimes you will run into those situations where it was too late. The goal is for you not to get to that point. But if it does happen, you still have an opportunity to address it. We've heard that there has been discussions about, you know, bias training or someone coming in to kind of aid in that area. And of course, you have a family dynamic that's tied into it. These are family members. 
But now what Meghan and Prince Harry has done has ushered in a whole new meaning of how you might people are looking at this firm, this this, you know, governmental system, this hierarchy, how family businesses are run and even looking at how organizational culture should look like. There are a lot of people are looking at like, you know what? As we go into the future and we're looking at how we do leadership, how we do organizations, how we do culture, is this old school way or is this current way working? And I think that's a great question. Is how you're doing things working? Is it time for change? Are you being innovative? Are you allowing variety and differences to come sit at the table so they can highlight these blind spots. Again, Megan was the outsider, quote unquote, but she was able to reveal things that might've never came up or maybe it didn't, or individuals conform so much to the culture that they can't even see what's happening. They're moving on autopilot. And it's always refreshing. I just met with my team recently and I'm new. We have someone else that's new. And I told her, I was like, listen, your voice matters. Even though you haven't been in this seat for long, we need your insight. It's beneficial because, again, you have some people who have been functioning one way for so long. When you have new brand new set of eyes coming in, they're like, you know what? I think this might help. So add your insight. Give your input. It's important because it might reveal some things that other people can't see because they've been so close to it for so long. And that's why it's so important to have decision-making rooms and spaces that are diverse, that are different. Allowing change, allowing somebody, hey, just because they're a certain age, but if they have the skills and the tools and the abilities, get them to go in there. Creating spaces where, again, the room is filled with innovative minds, diverse minds that can potentially say, you know what, that won't work because of this. So this is what this firm, this organization is experiencing. But the question is, how are they going to apply the lessons learned? Will they or won't they? Will they just say, you know what, that per- they'll be the outsider. This is how we're going to do things. And if you can't conform, it is what it is. You have all the right to do that, leaders. You have all the right to do that, CEOs. You do. But what could it potentially cost you? and innovation and change and really pressing forward in how the world is evolving? That is the question. What could it potentially cause you? So again, for your homework, yes, apply this information that you heard today. But for your homework, I really want you to ask yourself, is how we're doing things working? Even if it's a departmental thing. It's how we're doing things in my department working. Do we need to bring some outside perspective? Do we need to go around and survey and vet how everybody is feeling? Get that insight from that new person on the team. That's going to be valuable information because they're going to see things from a different perspective. Are your spaces safe? Have you created a culture where silence is what you do? This is how things are. We don't need your insight. We don't need your input. And if so, why is that? Are you allowing innovation and input and feedback? Are you creating spaces like that? 
and also ensuring that people are equipped with conflict resolution skills, stress management tools, and recognizing that people are having to navigate stress and they don't have the tools. I gave you the statistic early, earlier. People don't have the tools. So if that's something that you can invest in, bringing somebody in that can bring those tools to your company, getting with HR, having them let individuals know, hey, this is what is available to you, or even letting them know, we don't know specifically what's available to you in the area of mental health, stress management, but here's the number to these providers, or here's the number to this, and you can call your provider and find out. Just basic information could really be beneficial. And also recognizing, are we so concerned with how we look on the outside that we aren't nurturing what's happening on the inside? The people that are pushing your mission and vision, the valuable assets and talent that you have, the people that are going to be different and it's okay because that difference is what you're going to need to elevate you to the future. Instead of pushing them out, welcome them in. But it's going to be so important that you're remedying and making sure the internals are just as good as the external. Because at some point, it's going to collide and spill over. It's about the people who are the best assets of your company, of these spaces that you're in. So what are you going to do to usher change, development, growth on the inside out? I challenge you to do that, leaders. I really do. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me there because that's, that's good. So. You feel it was accurate? Like, what, what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. So what was your takeaway from today's conversation that you can apply personally and professionally? I mean, there's so many different things to unpack. And like I say, every week, it's one thing to consume information, but it's about application. How can you apply it? Even one thing to how you manage, how you lead, how you dress issues and conflict. Because as I was on this panel discussion early in the week, this question came up about firing a team member. My question in that conversation was, what happened between point A and point C? So point A is when the first the person first got in your organization on your team. And even you can apply this personally either, even, And think about, okay, the beginning phase of a great friendship. And then what happens at Z where now that friendship has ended or now that team member relationship has ended. Now it's time to fire the person. 
what was the in-between? What happened between B and Y? B and Y, right? Because we talked about how do we get from A to Z, but between B and Y, what happened that it got to this point and things were not addressed? Now, of course, in the conversation, it was mentioned within the interview. And yes, we just got one side, of course, but it was mentioned in the interview about how it did come up a couple times. And there were conversation that was had about different things, but no action was truly taken to ensure that these individuals got the, the support they needed. And now they had to make this major shift that I think is beneficial because now a lot of individuals and, you know, again, you have this huge, huge organization. I can't consider an organization because, again, you know, this level of hierarchy and this, uh, this, this system is, you know, it's ran like a company. It's ran like an organization. It's ran like a business. And although this is family related, there are structures and processes and so many things in place. So they have to do family differently. They have to, they, ha- they just have to navigate things differently because of these additional factors. So because of that, that's why I'm referring to it like that. It's just not your typical family situation like some of us have. I mean, just imagine that there's a level of structure and, you know, you have the world paying attention to what you're doing and every decision that's made could be judged or looked a certain way. That is a whole nother different type of experience. And because of that, unfortunately, some people are willing to ensure that they meet the eye or the um, what looks what looks good on the outside versus ensuring that the inside, the internal factors are effective. I call it like the you care more about the external employee or the external individual or the shareholders and you're not caring about the stakeholders or even if it was vice versa, you were cared about the stakeholders, which again, the stakeholders are important. Your team members, the individuals that are within this monarchy or within this company, within this organization, within this family, they are important. And if those aren't nurtured, what could happen? And yes, on the outside, things might look good, but what kind of breakdowns are happening internally within whatever structure you're within that's not being addressed that can, I mean, essentially spill out to the outside. So yes, you know, I understand that within companies and organizations and spaces, there's a structure and you want to look good on the outside and you want to have the accolades and you want to be the top industry leader and you want to be the top leader. But when people really go and start to peel back the onion and start to see that there's so many layers of, you know, maybe manipulation, bias, um, or just a lot of breakdowns, then, you know, that, that when that's revealed, you know, the, the persona that you had in the beginning, you know, people aren't going to, they're going to start looking at you a little differently. They're going to wonder so many different things. And again, people are going to pick sides or say, you know, again, you do have frustrated people on a whole nother side that are saying what they did was wrong. How dare they disrespect, you know, their family? How dare they dis- disrespect this monarchy? How dare did they disrespect this system, this institution like this? 
and they could care less about them. And then you do have another group of individuals are saying, well, wait, we need to maybe do things differently. We've even had individual ask, why do we still have kings and queens? Why do we still have people in these roles? Why, you know, why aren't these societies and these spaces more democratic? Why, you know, should we go about these systems and just do it and just throw them completely away and do things differently? So you have these whole conversations that are having that are healthy, that's needed, that I think is needed when you're trying to usher in change and find a good balance. But how does that apply to you? What does the inside of your company, your organization, and again, even if you looked at the, from the family component, how does that look? And what kind of things are not being managed internally that can cause a spill on the outside? How can you effectively make sure that if you are at E, remember I talked about A, what happened at A in the beginning of this journey to Z at the end of this journey? What's happening in between at level D, E, F, Elemental P, X, Y, Z, what is happening in between that that could be addressed now to really remedy the situation, ushering change so there's growth and development so that you can retain great talent or even appreciate the changes that are happening in the space that you're in? That is the question. So I want you to take this week and the next few weeks to really do a personal gut check and make sure that you are good internally, Right. Second thing, if you're someone that needs to address something, okay, what is the best way to address it? What is the best way to speak up? Is it time to pivot and make a change? Or even within your department, your organization, your company, are there some breakdowns that you might not be aware of that you might need to put some studies, some you know surveys out there to find out what is the current pulse of my company, my organization, my team, my department? What do I need to make sure it's in good standing or if there are some shaken areas shaken areas that I address them now so it doesn't get to Z. And even if it does get to Z, what can you learn from that Z season that you are, you can apply where you do bring in maybe a new team or where you can say okay, let me just do things different in 2022 or next week or next month. It's about application. So apply one of those things, all of those things, some of those things, one, two, three, four, whatever it is, apply, apply, apply. Because again, it's great to consume. It's great to have those aha moments, as Oprah always says, aha, that's a tweetable moment or a tweet right there. But what can you now do to make sure that change is happening, things are being addressed, that there is a focus on the internal issue where now you don't address it after the fact that it's been seeped on the outside, where it could have been remedied before that. We've seen that with Ellen. A report came out, talked about how many people that she has lost, how many viewers she has lost because of this workforce issue that she had, this toxic environment that could have been addressed so long ago, that could have prevented this from happening. It's about prevention, right? We need to not just be reactionary. We need to think about what can we do to prevent it? How can we respond to it early on so it doesn't happen? So that's the end of my rant. Make some adjustments, make some changes, and really go into this next season, this next month, this next quarter, focusing on the issues within your company, organization, team, or even, again, if you want to think it from the family component, from the family that you can apply to really Embrace the changes that are going to be needed to really make sure the internals are healthy.